You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony. Ed Kaufman is the owner of M for Mystery Books in San Mateo, California. He also runs a website, mformystery.com. Thank you for joining me, Ed. It's a pleasure. Ed, tell me when you got into the bookselling business and why. Well, I was a lawyer for 41 years, and uh, I was a corporate lawyer. I was doing a lot of business law, mergers and, and sales of businesses and things of that sort. And I, uh, as I approached my retirement, I decided I'd like to... Uh, uh, have a bookstore because I wanted to. Uh, I'm not a golfer really, and uh, I wanted to keep busy. And and I was always a big, an avid book reader. Uh, uh, whenever I I did a lot of travel as a lawyer, and I'd always seem to end up in a bookstore at night. So I figured, why shouldn't I have my own bookstore? You spent 41 years as a lawyer. Yeah, I retired at the end of the year 2000, but I started the bookstore. Uh, in anticipation of retirement, so I started it in uh, actually the end of uh, 1996, and, and with absentee management, you might say. Tell me why you decided to, to start a bookstore. I, that's kind of like you know opening a hat stand on the Titanic, from what we hear about the <laughs> publishing industry You're these days. Right. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I, uh, I, I've, as I say, I've always been a big reader, and, and if I want to be in a business, I'm, I, uh, while I'm retired, I wanted to be in a business. Did your law background influence your interest in the mystery genre? No, I don't think so. No, I used to read the Ellery Queen Mystery Magazine when I was a kid, and I've always read Agatha Christie and Dorothy Sayers and Sherlock Holmes and all the old ones when I was a young man. And I've always been a mystery reader, and, and I collect books. Uh, so I don't think being a lawyer, it might be the other way around, that maybe because I like mysteries and books that I became a lawyer, although uh, I, I don't know that there's too much relationship between the two. Did it seem like it? Why did it seem like it would be easier to start a mystery bookstore as opposed to general fiction? You can still sell mysteries from a general fiction bookstore, but you have more yeah, stock. Yeah, but you, you have to be the, the general bookstores are the trade primarily the uh, the chain stores like Barnes and Noble and, and uh, uh, Borders and and even the independents in San Francisco like uh, Kepler's or Book Passage. They're very large stores. They're twenty five, thirty thousand square feet, uh, and start a store like that, or to, you can't compete against a general bookstore which has all kinds of books uh, with a small store. And to, uh, to compete and start a, with a large store, you'd need several million dollars. And I wasn't that uh, avid uh, <laughs> a businessman <laughs> in my retirement to make that kind of investment, even assuming I could, uh, which I wouldn't have assumed. A specialty store, like our specialty store, is one of the two or three largest mystery and crime specialty stores in the United States, and we have 2,500 square feet, which is like 10% of the size of a typical uh, general bookstore, a large general bookstore. That's fascinating. I never really knew that. 
could you talk about building a staff? That's a really key part, especially when you're running a specialty bookstore like this. Well, it's it's it, it's very difficult building a staff. First of all, if you're going to be a small store, uh, you have to have people who really know books. So that means you you can't just hire. Uh, kids or somebody who just works for the minimum wage and you know and, and hasn't read uh, a book in a couple of years, uh, and and it's and besides uh, apart from that, uh, bookstores generally are not high-paying kinds of uh, stores. I mean, uh, even the the largest ones, maybe the uh, the CEO of a public company makes a lot of money, but the people in the store, it's not it's like typical retail, and and the uh, compensation level is not very high and so consequently to get good people and keep them is difficult it has to be somebody who is not in the business because, primarily because they want to make a lot of money because if they are they're in the wrong place this seems to be a, a common theme with bookstores i think so yeah and so how long did it take you to build a staff well we're constantly building and rebuilding uh, uh i didn't have uh, a really good manager until about five years ago, uh, because uh, my my forte was is uh, an interest is in dealing with the authors and the publishers in uh, uh, setting up author events and getting signed books and that sort of thing and the strategic stuff, and not running the day to day operation. So I tried a couple people and I finally uh, about five years ago uh, got a manager who was really good and she runs the entire inside operations of the store. Tell us a little bit about your author events. You have quite a few of them, and you have the highest of the high profile. So tell me, how did you manage to get yourself in with the publishers to get the authors to appear at your bookstore? Yeah. Well, uh, first of all, uh, it was always my intention right from the beginning to, to have author events. Uh, and uh, because I was traveling a lot, and I was getting to New York quite a bit as a lawyer, I got to meet a lot of the publishers and the, and the publicists within the publisher organizations which is more than most booksellers do. You know, they don't usually get to New York as frequently as I did for my law practice. And so I got to meet a lot of them. And uh, I just, uh, I'm very uh, uh, dogged, and I, I find it hard to say no, or, or to accept no, I should say. <laughs> so, you know, I just kept, kept after the publicists and, uh, and uh, invited uh, book, uh, I mean, book authors to come in the store. And San Francisco has a fair number of local authors. And uh, uh, so I would get in contact with many of those people. And, and then I would just uh, constantly be calling the publicists and uh, soliciting uh, their help in getting uh, authors to come to the store. And then, you know, it's a, it's a self-generating kind of thing. Once you get a few start establishing a, a reputation and uh, building an audience. After a while, I started getting calls from them that where they initiated the, uh, the author event rather than my calling and, and uh, begging. Could you talk about your, the best author event you've had and the worst? And I don't mean to imply that any of the authors have been bad, but have you ever had any, well, shall we say, disastrous <laughs> experiences? Well, <laughs> well, you know, in, in terms of the, the uh, it depends on what standard you're using in evaluating it. If you mean which author events were the best attended and did we sell the most books in, in, a, in a pure business sense, that's the best event. Uh, from an aesthetic point
point of view and an interest point of view, uh, it may not. That's a different standard. Uh, similarly, when you're doing an author event with a an, basically an unknown writer, either a beginning writer or somebody who hasn't yet got an established reputation, you can't assume that you're going to get uh, much of a crowd. So you have to promote you have to promote the book yourself. You can't afford with a small store. You can't afford to have uh, very much advertising in, in the newspapers or on radio or anything of that sort. So you, you build a, a, uh, uh, a customer base and a newsletter. We, we do, a, for example, an email newsletter, and now it goes out to over 4,000 people every week. I'm one of them. <laughs> okay. So, so that, for, uh, for several years now, is our major promotional way of uh, building uh, an audience and sales for the, for the uh, book, book writers. Uh, the, I would say... Some of the most enjoyable and, and the best uh, events we've had are indeed events where we've where we've uh, uh, attracted very large crowds. And sometimes our, our store, uh, this is the second store we're in. We were in a smaller store for a few years, and five years ago we moved into a bigger store. And the current store will seat at best about 90 to 100 people when we move the shelves over and, and put up all the chairs. Uh, we have had some events where we've attracted closer to 200 people, and typically what we've done is used a, uh, uh, an off-site venue like, like the San Mateo Library, which has a uh, room that has seats 200, or one of the other libraries, or the, uh, uh, there's a, uh, the Benjamin Franklin Hotel, which is not a hotel, but uh, used to be. It has a room that uh, there, there's a room. They have two rooms that will seat 150 to 200 people. So I've used that, those uh, facilities from time to time. And, for example, very recently we had a wonderful event for Michael Chabin. Uh, I presume you know who he is. Oh, yes, yes. Okay. And we had about 180 people, and we did that at the San Mateo uh, Public Library, which is only a block away from us. Uh, earlier in the same year, this year, we had an event for Joseph Wamba. Uh, you know who he is? Oh, yeah, yeah. I actually yeah, I was, was going to go to that event. Very famous. Were you at the, the event? No, 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 I wanted to. Oh, yeah, well, that was at the San Mateo Library also. Now, uh, in the store, about two months ago, we had a, a Welsh author named Jasper Ford. And he is so much fun. He is wonderful. He's a great speaker, and we, we expected maybe 60, 70 people, so we had it in the store, and we had 100-plus 100 people, and they were just all seated or standing out to the front door. Wow. Uh, and that was a wonderful event in ev from every sense of the word. It was financially wonderful. It attracted a huge crowd. It was, uh, uh, we sold a lot of books, and he gave a marvelous talk, and everybody had a great time. So those are in examples. Now, there are many events I've had where the attendance has been much smaller, 10, 15, 20, 30, uh, where the authors are extremely interesting. Uh, and they have a, a, a very serious crowd that has read their books in the past and loves to ask questions and loves to meet them. And there are authors like uh, C.J. Box is an example of an author like that, or uh, Lynn Fairstein. My wife loves C.J. Box. Uh, oh, he's a very, very good writer. And he's a really great guy, too, isn't oh, he? He's terrific. He's very friendly, and everybody loves him. So, so those are all really good events. Now, it's hard to to enjoy an event if hardly anybody shows up. And unfortunately, because we're, we're more than willing to attract uh, 
coming in, authors having their first book or relatively unknown authors, but whose books we admire, but who are who won't draw a crowd. Uh, we have a lot of those. Uh, for example, we had a very small attendance for Michael Harvey, and it's his first book, and he's a terrific speaker, and it was a terrific event with a very small audience. He's a great guy, and that oh, book yeah. is fantastic. Yeah, and and with with situations like that, very frequently, even if the audience is small, and by small I mean less than ten, uh, sometimes less than five, uh, we nonetheless sell a lot of books because through our newsletter we ship books all over the country and to about 15 foreign countries. We have customers who just, you know, order the books. What, I was going to ask about your internet sales. Is that is that is that going well for you? Is that a good is it's, that a good venue? Without it we would be dead. <laughs> it's wow. going very well. It's more than half our our sales and uh, boy. And and it focuses on on uh, primarily on author signed books. Of course. You made a decision a few years ago to start selling children's fiction, featuring it more. I, yeah. I've got to presume this is part of the Harry Potter, grab a piece of that enormous pie. Well, it, it really, we, it, that was an aspect of it, but it really wasn't that. Uh, we started, when we started the store, we had a very small children's section, and it grew some. And I think we had it because um, I just thought that if we had a children's section, people would bring in their kids and, and uh, to buy their books. And while they're here, it would attract the adults to look around and buy, their, buy adult books as well. And my wife and I, my wife is involved in the store from time to time, She's primarily editing the, uh, and publishing the, the newsletter. Uh, but we love kids. We have seven grandkids, and uh, we've had five kids, and we love kids. So that was... And, and my wife was very familiar with children's books. Uh, she's always, as a grandmother, she reads to the kids all the time, and you know, and we've read to our kids. So, uh, so that was really the motivation. I think very recently we concluded that, however much pleasure we derived from that part of the business, it really was a drag on, the, on financially on the store because we could not. We didn't have a big enough store to devote enough attention to the children's area uh, compared to, say, what a chain store would have. And so consequently, we were not really terribly competitive in that area. We didn't have a, a, as big a range of books. We just didn't have as much room. Uh, and so, and plus, we had to have a, uh, a children's specialist on the sales floor for what was too small a, a children's section. So we finally decided to, uh, to terminate this children's section, which we have done. Could you talk a little bit about uh, publishers and independent booksellers? H- have, do, do you get support from publishers, and would you like more support? Well, Has that changed? Yeah, I think, I think the publishers view the independents as primarily a source for uh, introducing and promoting authors who are not yet bestsellers. I mean, uh, you know, a publisher wouldn't need us to send to sell John Grisham or James Patterson. Uh, the chain stores will outsell us uh, thousands to one, you know. But, but on the other hand, when you get somebody like uh, Mike Harvey or, or uh, uh, authors who are just not well-known or who are brand new, uh, the chain 
huge stores do, do not do an effective job of promoting those authors because they are more dependent upon, from a financial point of view, upon the inventory moving. The shelves, shelf life is very important to a large store. There's the famous Harlan a- Ellison fable about the book racks at the Chicago airport. Yeah. That uh, they they will put a book on the rack and by the time and then drive around the airport putting more books on more racks and by the time they come back to that rack if that book isn't sold it's pulled and replayed. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So 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 we're we are I think as a group the independents are pretty important because we're the ones who are the the source of promoting their their new authors and they can't just rely on having Grisham and James Patterson and you know and uh, all those people with Michael Chabon and all that they don't need us for them but we do a good job for them also and they also know that if we don't get some of the top flight authors in the store then we will not be able to uh, be alive to promote the authors who aren't well known right the, the so Mike they, Harvey's so to that extent they they cooperate with us and we are usually uh, pretty effective in getting the, the, the really good authors into the, you know, the well-known and the best-selling authors into the store as well. You're well-known as a, a fixture, mystery fixture around the Bay Area. Could you talk about the relationship of the Bay Area and the mystery genre itself? There's a lot to go around here. Okay. Well, we're, we're, we've now been in the, in the business for ten and a half years. Uh, there's been only one other mystery specialty store in the, in the whole Bay Area, and that's a small store in um, Noe Valley which used to be uh, owned by a guy who was quite knowledgeable and, and, and well-known in the mystery field. But it was a very small store, I think. Who, who was that? Oh, the, the store is the, it's called the San Francisco Mystery Bookstore. Okay. Okay. And it's, it's on, on 24th Street, I think, in, in Noe Valley. And it's a nice little store, but it's six or 700 square feet. And they can't, with that size, they just cannot compete with store like ours, for example, in, in getting authors to come in and that sort of thing. Okay, uh, we, for example, we would never invite an author to come in to have a, an author event at the store, or even to come in to just to sign the books, if we didn't have at least twenty or twenty-five books for him to sign. And very often we have much more than that. Whereas a little store, uh, for any given author, will have two books or three books or mm. that sort of thing. Uh, the, probably the most effective. Store in the mystery and crime field in the Bay Area is Book Passage in uh, Corte Madera. Uh, they're a large, very large, and very successful general bookstore. But they happen of all the general bookstores, they have a much larger uh, part of their store uh, for for mystery and crime fiction. They do a very good job with that, and they attract a lot of authors as well. Uh, and that actually, I think they're very good for us and we're very good for them because uh, you know for authors who don't live in the Bay Area uh, the the, uh, the publishers have to make a decision should they send send them to the Bay Area uh, for author events and if there's only one store uh, that can do a job for them that book passage attracts a lot of them and we attract a lot of them uh, means that there are at least two stores, and there are others who do some mystery and crime events, but there are at least two stores who, who have a major uh, activity in that area. So uh, I think, and the Bay Area is has always been the home of a lot of independent stores. Uh, 
uh, independent bookstores. And there are a lot of really good independent bookstores besides the book passage that I just mentioned, but they're not, uh, none of the others are carry anywhere near the number of titles or the, you know, the, the amount of space devoted to mystery and crime fiction as, as, as our store, for example. Could you give me a couple of your picks for books that are just out now or just about to come out that you think that uh, my readers might enjoy? Well, I think the Mike Harvey book is a very good one. You know, he's the one who is the executive producer of, of, of closed case, closed case crime. Cold case files. Cold case files, or yeah, I, I don't, I don't watch a lot of television, but I know, <laughs> I know about it. And he's a very good writer, and his is a, an excellent. Uh, for for people who have read the Raymond Chandlers and the Dashiell Hammetts and the classic writers, Michael Harvey is that kind of writer. He's got that prose style down. It's, oh yeah, it's oh, really yeah. So really he's great. He's a very he's a very good writer. C.J. Box is an excellent writer for a totally different kind of book, but still in the crime and mystery field. Uh, Jasper Ford, where if you like a little fantasy and humor in your crime books, uh, he is a wonderful writer. Uh, there are just there are a lot of really good writers and and uh, uh, Laurie King, who's a local writer, who writes a Sherlockian kind of book, uh, the, the Mary Russell series. Mary Russell uh, is uh, was a protege of Sherlock Sherlock Holmes, and he ultimately married her. At least in her books, that's true. Not in not in <laughs> the original Sherlock Holmes books. Uh, and she she so she has that series plus she has a contemporary detective series, which is very good. And she lives in, in the Bay Area. Uh, there are a lot of, you know, very, very. Uh, oh, uh, I shouldn't forget Martin Cruz Smith. Uh, his books are set in Russia. And, and he's a Bay Area author he, as well. Oh yeah, he lives in Marin County. Oh wow, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, and he was. A, he, we had a very good event for him uh, about a month ago or a month and a half ago. He, he's excellent. Wamba for a cop book, you know, is can't be beat. He's terrific. Absolutely. Yeah. And so there, you know, there are a lot of very, very good, uh, good writers, some, some who live in the Bay Area, a lot of them live in L.A., so they're not too far away. And as I say, we attract the authors who, tra- who uh, are touring. Uh, we have uh, a very good one coming in Friday night, uh, Joshua Spenogle, who's right now in the uh, School of Medicine at Stanford. He isn't really a Bay Area person, other than that he's been going to that school for two or three years, and uh, so so we adopt him. <laughs> he, he's, he's a great guy, isn't he? Yeah, he's on his second book now, and he's a very very good writer. His first book was excellent. Yeah, I really liked it as well. Yeah, so uh, uh, I don't I don't know. Have I covered that? Oh, okay. fantastically. Okay. We've been speaking with Ed Kaufman. He's the owner of M for Mystery Books in San Mateo, California. You can find a link to the website to their website on my website. Thank you for joining me, Ed. Okay, thanks a lot. You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony.